we acknowledge the original owners of the land on which we podcast, whose stories were told for thousands of years. Today, we are recording in Mianjin. We pay our respects to elders past and present who may be listening. Sovereignty was never ceded. A quick note before we get started that there may be some swearing in today's podcast. If you don't like swearing or usually listen with children in the car, you have been warned. Listening to What in the NDIS Now, a podcast where I, Hannah Redford, and my friend Sam Rosenbaum interview participants and providers about all things NDIS. Our guest today is James Reed. Top of the morning, Hannah, and thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. Oh, it's it's wonderful to have you here. Um, so tell us about what you do in the NDIS. Oh, elite problem solver, I think I'd like to call myself. Uh, currently, I'm in the role of people helping people officer. Um, so my story sort of starts four or five years ago um, where I fell into the industry because my son was diagnosed with ASD. Bit of a culture shock. Um, didn't know where to start and where to go. But being a very proactive dad, I started to do the job of a support coordinator subconsciously. And then when I actually met my support coordinator, they said, you seem like you know what you're doing. Would you like a job? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And look, I don't believe in coincidences. Um, I think things happen for a reason. Um, I took a change, became a support coordinator. My background actually is uh, in law and commerce with active law degrees and done all those exciting things, if you like that. Um, But I fell into it but loved it because I guess really five years on, Um, after my son's diagnosis, I realised that the people around you and that support you can make or break and be life-changing, really. So I was really thankful and happy of the supports my son gets and living his best life, and I wanted that for everybody. So I thought, what was the best way I can try and use my two hands to help as many people as others? So fell into a role of managing a team of five support coordinators um, and just mentoring them in, I guess, navigating the NDIS world. And as I think we are, elite problem solvers. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So I sit across the table from you today, super excited about the role that I'm in. I currently work at Here to Home, um, a specialist support coordination and support coordination service and love every minute of it. But it really is a journey for me on people helping people, as I've said to you before. It's just so rewarding and I absolutely love every minute of it. That's amazing. So, and and you're from Adelaide. Yes, I'm from the southern state. <laughs> and um, I said to my CEO a little way back, a little way back, that I love the weather in Queensland, as I've said to you before, and that it's socially accepted you can wear shorts to work. Yes. Um, so I yes, said, I said, why don't we, we branch out? I mean... We're extremely successful in South Australia by the people that we have working with us and I guess our team-based approach. So I said, why not take this into the sunny state of Queensland? So we came over in late October to one of the expos there and just to get a vibe of what Queensland was like, you know, good, bad or indifferent. And we loved it. We came away just going, how can you not enjoy getting up in 25 degrees nine months of the year, Hannah? (laughs) 
how can that not be the best start to your day <laughs> instead of built and rain at the moment in, in the southern states and stuff. So, yes, yes I've, um, but again, as I said to you before, the journey of life is that, you know, we had a couple of, we had one SSC in South Australia that moved up to the sunny state. They saw the light, so to speak, Hannah. Yes. And we said, rather than losing her to the industry, why don't we follow her? So, look, as I said, came up in October, loved it. Our plan was she was coming here in January, so yes. I would follow her in tow. And that's where I had the pleasure of meeting you at yes. Connect Fest. And as I said to you before, I believe it's all meant to be. <laughs> um, so, look, just really excited. We obviously, um, thanks to your support and others, have some participants on the ground here now. So the wheels of progress are returning. And it's just, I don't know, it's just so rewarding because I think if you can help people in the smallest of ways, it can make the hugest change in their life. Yeah. However, I've realised you need a team to do that. So, you know, as I said to you when I first met you, I came up here to almost find, create a League of Nations, aka superheroes, you know what I'm like, where... <laughs> You can, uh, I, I, participants have complete choice and control yes. and that is where it starts and I'm extremely passionate about that. But I would love them to have complete choice and control over a, an elite group of providers. Yeah. So one where we say, you know, I have a friend of mine, Hannah, where I think that she can do X, Y and Z for you to live your best life. Yeah. And just give our participants more of a an elite basket, if you like, of yes. providers to choose from. So... That was just an epiphany I had like late last year and then dumped that on your doorstep an hour after meeting you. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's just it's just about I want to, as when I met you, I want to find some passionate people that want, that have the ability to be able to pivot when the laws of the NDIS or goalposts change. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and, and we can talk about that for a while, young lady, yes. can't we? Yes. I mean, well, that's part of what this podcast is about because the NDIS constantly change rules Absolutely. and what is happening and what they'll accept yeah. and tweak what what is reasonable and necessary. And so I wanted to make sure everyone hears what are, what are the trends we're seeing? Yeah, What's changing now? What are they saying now? Yeah. And when our huge lot of changes usually come in July with mm. the price guide yeah. and then we'll need a really long podcast to say, here are all the changes now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I think as well, historically a lot of support coordinators too um, are very gun shy in about trying to, um, I guess, utilise the NDIS to its full advantages for their participants, yeah. uh, worried about whether they can or can't, you know, quite often when we will do the right thing and send it, do a little web chat with the NDIS and ask them questions, we're basically asking those that have created <laughs> the laws what's right or wrong. And coming from a legal background, obviously, we uh, uh, what is reasonable and necessary is, you know, can be interpreted in different ways. Yeah. It can be successfully argued in different ways. Yeah. But I think just because goalposts change... There are always other ways to skin a cat, I think, but it's important that we just try and let us lovely little support coordinators and all those providers know what we can and can't do because at the end of the day, participants' lives yeah. are dependent on it. Sorry, I hate the word participants too. I can't, you know, it's yeah. our NDIS members. The For people, me, yes. 
the people we support. Yeah, basically. The people we just support to live yeah. their best life. Yeah. Um, because, you know, it's important too, I think, as well, for me particularly, where building and maintaining relationships yeah. is the biggest one for me. Absolutely. Um, when you do that, um, you have an opportunity to at least find out what people's needs are um, and then obviously find the providers that can match around that. There is never one hard and fast rule. Never. <laughs> never. never. And that's what makes it so exciting, the job, I think, um, yes. because we really are just in the industry of people helping people yes. on their journey of life. Yes. So the more people that you have in a an elite group that can do that, yes. I think the more successful outcomes that you have. Yes. Easier said than done, though, Hannah. <laughs> oh, yeah. A lot easier said than done. It takes a lot of networking. It does. It does. Um, which I love networking, but then I don't get paid for networking. Well, and... you don't get paid tangibly at the front end, but yes. I think at the back end... Ultimately, and this is a thing too where I found, you know, I certainly won't name names, but you can find out pretty soon whether a provider is solely and wholly seeing a dollar sign over an NDIS member's head. And that um, at times can be very deflating. Um, I come from, whilst I was doing my law degree, I had to pay for it, of course, and spent a lot of time at the top end in hospitality operations. So customer service was it. That made or break your business. I firmly believe that if you just provide good service... The reward follows, yeah. namely getting paid for it. And word of mouth has been probably the biggest success story to hit a home, I guess. And that's just a credit to the people that work with us and the reputations they have. We don't have to always be right, yes. but it's important that when mistakes are made or there is a need to acknowledge, you do. Yeah. I am yeah. sorry. I made a mistake, Hannah, yes. um, because... If you assume you're not going to make a mistake for the entirety of one of those NDIS <laughs> members' lives, you are telling Porky's young lady. Yes. Um, because, yes. And that's that thing about building and maintaining relationships. You want to make sure on – because of choice and control, yeah. participants make change all the time. Mm. Just because sometimes a change is as good as a holiday. Mm. And you find out pretty quick when you're dealing with providers and they, if they want to make a change – Exiting a relationship with class. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. That is a podcast for another day. And I, th- I, think, I think that's where you find out the true colours, I guess, mm. of providers. And mm. sometimes I don't think a lot of providers realise that, well, Adelaide's certainly a small place and that word of mouth goes a long way. Oh, yes. So, you know, what do they say? One negative turns into three. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I've... I, I guess we have found out as well when relationships needing to cease or change. Just to exit with glass, Hannah. That's yeah. all I'm saying yeah. because tomorrow you might be using the same provider and having to problem solve with them. So, you know, yeah. it is all, I think, the successes and the overall quality of life of those people that we help um, all comes down to building and maintaining. Yeah. Good working relationships. It's it's exactly the same in Brisbane. And I think not just with the people that we support, but also if you have staff that leave your company, you need to do that with class. class Absolutely. Because then they go and talk to everyone as well. And you like there have been companies that I've left under pretty bad 
um, circumstances. Yeah. Um, We've all got the because of yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because like you, you don't leave a job because you don't like most of the time because mm-hmm. you don't like it. You leave it because of bad management. Absolutely. And and it was it was some poor management. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that if as a manager you can say, well, that's unfortunate, but I wish you all the best, mm-hmm. then someone is more likely to maybe in a few years come back around and want to work for you again. Absolutely. And or, you know, something like that. But I have heard you know, a few providers get a bit upset when their support workers leave and they're like, oh, but I trained them and I did this and I did that. And I'm like, no, no, you're just making a better overall workforce for the whole of the industry. And that's what we need more than you keeping that person to yourself. And and just like you said, do it with class. Yes, definitely. And, and just go, okay, yeah. no worries. Yeah. Let's make sure you have a good reference for where you're going next. Mm-hmm. Let's make sure like you're happy mm-hmm. and everything is squared away and... The power of positivity, Hannah, yeah. and class. You made a couple of good words there. Um, <laughs> the success of people's lives, and that's what we're talking about, are the people around them. Yeah. So it's important um, of the well-being of staff, first and foremost. And this is an area where I'm very passionate, hence my own given title of people helping people officer, because that also <laughs> includes our team members. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm very privileged that, here to home who I work for, like our staff or team retention rate is the best I've ever experienced. Yeah. I don't think anyone's left. Um, might have to do a rap check on that, but I'm pretty I'm pretty confident in the time <laughs> I've been there. Um, and look, if they do, well, we want to know why and what yes. we can do better. Yeah. Okay. We Absolutely. have to always evolve mm. with it as well because, look, life is short. This is, you know, we could get into this. I've <laughs> I, I won't go off too much of a sidetrack, yes. but um, so, f- so often we look to the future yeah. and what we see as success. And I understand that concept that we've all learned. However, I've got to enjoy the journey, Hannah. Yes. And that includes today yes. and the people you work with. Yes. Um, we live in a very, um, a world that at times can be very sterile, mm-hmm. you know, allied health and all those type of things. Why can't we have fun or enjoyment in that, I guess, but be professional too. Like, so, because again, we're involved in someone's daily life. Wouldn't we like to try and make that better in whatever way that looks like? Yes. So, yeah, I, look, there's never enough good staff. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. Um, but it's our job on the journey or our mission Yes. To try and help as many people, I guess, have the power to help others. Yeah. You know, whatever that looks like, though. It's always, I think that's what I find so rewarding in a job. Yeah. Everyone's definition of enjoyment is different. Yeah. So at times people ask me what my job is. And I find it very hard to explain except to say I help people live their best life. Yeah. And uh, people like kind of scratch your head and it's like, well, that's pretty much what we do. Yeah. Whatever yeah. that looks like. Yeah. Um, but I don't profess to know everything no. except to know having a good team around you that you can fall back on or support you even yeah. is so important. Yeah. 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 
Very good points, Anna. You always have me at hello. Yes. Talking about your people, yeah. I met your Benjamin yesterday. Oh, stop it, did you? Yes. Is that why he accidentally rang me at one o'clock this morning? He apologised for it. Um, oh. <laughs> I, I hope he was nice to you. Oh, he paid for my drink. Did he? So. Perfect. Because I bought him a lovely Korean barbecue the other day, but he's well deserving of it. Um, <laughs> a beautiful young guy yes. with such effort and passion. Yes. Um, that again doesn't need to know everything. Yes. But I just, as I say to a lot of my team, that we don't always win. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like I give the analogy of we're going into ER and we got triage. They're yeah. all coming through. We got. We must focus on our wins more than our losses. Absolutely. You know, otherwise it can become a very you know sad and dark place. But I always tell my people, and Benjamin's no different. That regardless of your win or loss in a NDIS member's life, the fact that you're supporting them, yeah. I'm already comforted mm. that they're there helping and you're holding the spit bucket. So I already know straight away that if my people are at the table yeah. helping out, yeah. that the outcome's going to be better, you yeah. know, even if it isn't, you know, what was needed. And look, I think of our job a lot as in we are elite problem solvers, yeah. aren't we really? Oh, yes. It's funny that you say that because so often when people go, oh, you know, what does a support coordinator do? And I'm always lost for how to describe what a support coordinator does because it's so varied and it really depends on the person I'm working with because you can have 30 different people on your caseload and do it 30 different ways because everyone needs you to work slightly differently and do things slightly differently and so you cannot ever go as a support coordinator I do x y and z in that exact order because it will never ever work (laughs) and so trying to explain to people this is what a support coordinator does I can never quite capture capture it and but it's so funny to every now and again, you just, I was, what I said to Benjamin is every, there's every now and again, and it's to, solely to do with the NDIS, never, never the people I support. Mm-hmm. I l- love them. Yeah, of course. Uh, but I go, I, every now and again, I go, I regret every decision I ever made that brought <laughs> me to this moment in time. <laughs> yep. And I curse the darkness. Yep. Just call me, okay? Because that's normal, all right? That's absolutely normal. Um, and, and then I get up the next day and I'm like, all right, back at, you know, hitting my head against this brick wall. Yeah, absolutely. And, absolutely. But it is it is sometimes like that because uh, you're just yeah. like, what? Yes. <laughs> Why? Yeah, and, you're, and you are naive to think that you're not dealing with uh, people's personal emotions in this space. Yeah. It's their lives. Yeah. And sometimes there's barriers of communication and others. Um, you make a really good point about when you get to that point, all right? (laughs) Because everybody gets to that point. Um, You need to have someone to call and vent to. I can't, I make sure that everyone has that. Um, And I tell my team members, and they do it for me equally as well, that venting and getting it off your chest (laughs) is part of the process. Um, And, but then you can, you know, you get a nice sleep into you and something to eat and take a breather. Yes. I I have to remind myself that every day I wake up, 
that I have a privileged role oh, yes. that I get to help 30 people, as you said, live their best life, yeah. whatever that looks like. Yes. But And be an elite problem solver. Elite, well, I think about that because people <laughs> always ask, like, you know, what do you think your point of difference might be? I hear yeah. that a lot. Yes. And I hear a lot of rehearsed answers. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to help people live their best life. And, and none of that is wrong. No. Um, but when I'm looking at a point of difference of myself and others, because as I said to you before, my background came um, from law mm. and dealing uh, – when I was a solicitor, I dealt with SGIC, which was a um, compulsory third-party provider in South Australia. So I, I worked on the other side of insurance and things like that. So it can be very daunting because yes. we're dealing in this world um, but it's not. In, it's important that we continue to push the boundaries within reason, okay? Yes. Um, and to ask questions. Yes. And it's okay to get no, yes. but then it's important that we just come around another way and see is there another way we can do this. And mm. that's where I find the greatest enjoyment is cal- calibrating or collaborating to be able to just have a real unique set of skill sets to problem solve. Yeah, yeah. To, and to don't take no for an answer. Yes. How do we do it another way? Yes. And if I don't know how to do it, then I'm going to ring Hannah and see if she knows how to do it. Yeah. And I think we all, rather than keeping your cards to your chest, so to speak. Yes. I think you, you should be able to stand on, like I tell my team and myself that I'll conduct myself as if the entire world's looking at me. Yes. It's a way to do it. Yes. But that doesn't mean that I'm not going to ask questions mm-hmm. or say, I don't know, Hannah, but I'm going to go and call someone and see if I can find out. Um. I think sometimes we're a little bit too gun shy historically because, you know, people are worried if they get it wrong yes. that there is huge repercussions. And But that point of difference, talking about that point of difference, I often say to people who I train or some providers when I meet them, I say I want providers who are willing to if they make a mistake, put their hand up and say, I made a mistake and I'm going to fix it or acknowledge when they don't know something. And I'm, but I'm going to go and research the shit out of it because I want to know the answer to your question. I want to figure out how do we get this particular thing through the NDIS Mm -hmm. because I feel it's reasonable and necessary. Mm-hmm. I can see how it relates to your disability. Mm-hmm. How do we convince the NDIS of the same thing? Absolutely. Absolutely. And look, oh, we could talk forever, but there's, you know, there's <laughs> another there's another point where I honestly think at times now, particularly specialist support coordinators, mm-hmm. are almost like paralegals. Yes. Like I'm now looking to case law from the AAT and others yes. for when people tell me you can't do that. I'm like, well, hang on, let me just do a keyword search on reasonable and necessary and gym membership and see if they say no. Mm. And my point being is that... No, and the NDIS is just huge and we cannot... It's the matrix. It's the matrix. (laughs) I'm telling you now that's how I look at it, okay? There's no one person, all right? No. Well, uh, so I often... (laughs) That's deliberate. (laughs) I often say to support coordinators, you need to know, like, that all of these things exist at least. Like, no, like the headlines in a newspaper. You need the Mm -hmm. headlines of everything. Knowledge. But then then you need to be in the detail of the few things that you definitely do day to day, Mm -hmm. right? You don't have to be in the details of all these other things. You just Mm -hmm. have to have the headlines of those. 
And then when someone goes, hey, I need this thing that you don't deal with every day, you can go, I know that exists. Absolutely. I know that exists because I know the headlines. Let me go and find out for you. I have notepads now that used to be booklets, but I thought you can lose them now with ideas and stuff. So I love to use the old iPhone notes. My my point is I do a lot of jotting because of that exact point, reference points. Uh, My team often says you have the worst short-term memory, James, but I like to sell them I've got an overflow of information. (laughs) Come back to me one more week and I'll remember it. But I guess it's that it's breaking down the walls of fear of asking. Yes. And you can ask more than one person too. That's okay. Like, what, well, it's okay. So what what one of the things that bugs me the most about the NDIS. Yes. Well, there's there's several there is. strap yourself in. <laughs> but I'm listening. The number one my number one yep. is how inconsistent it is because the NDIS is not one hive mind. No. The NDIS is individual people who are then interpreting what they believe is the NDIS and the philosophy of the NDIS. Mm-hmm. So it you can you can ask or send your stuff off and it lands on Fred's desk mm-hmm. uh, but then Bob could have a totally different opinion and if it landed on Bob's desk there would be a totally different outcome absolutely but that annoys me yep. because what happens is we can one day have the same inf- same sort of reports mm-hmm. and send it in and get everything we needed mm-hmm. And the next day, get none of it. Mm-hmm. And you're like, it's maddening because you're like, what is happening? Yeah. So you could know all the case law in the world yep. and it still doesn't help. And then quite often support coordinators, particularly are gun shy, where if, if you're not getting in and writing, you can't do it. Yes. What NDIS person at all, if they interpret, if you interpret it different, is going to put it in writing and say it's okay. Like yes. my, my point is, is that like... um. I shouldn't say it is in seek forgiveness, not permission in some respects. My point yes. is, is that <laughs> what's, re- what's reasonable and necessary is an interpretation. We are yep. dealing in the legal realm, I guess. Yes. So as long as you've got your ducks in a row yes. as your justifications, yes. it's okay to be wrong. Yes. Okay. Um, and still have done it. Mm-hmm. My point is, um, is fraud and all those things they look at is when you're blatantly having disregard to the NDIS legislation and yes. you're and you're doing it with ulterior motives. Right. So and that happens a lot. Like let's be honest about it, but I don't think I don't think it happens as much as people think that it does. Well, AI is picking up a lot of if it's happening. So I agree with you as well because there's obviously I understand there's a lot of scaremongering tactics mm-hmm. used um, to avoid abuse of funds and others, but that shouldn't stop us. Mm trying new things yeah. if we think it's justified yes we believe it's reasonable and necessary the participant and the supports around them do so why wouldn't we have a crack at trying to get you know it's a, it funded because it can change people's lives i think mm. now part of our role should be challenging the norm for you know it's okay to say someone needs x amount of hours for a speech therapist and an ot mm. But maybe they just need some time to chill in a beautiful 25-degree heated pool and enjoy a bit of hydro for sensory stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, an, that's, an, that's, an, that's an example where yeah. I just think that we are 
so we shouldn't be straight lined in our thoughts. Yes. We should have our participant in the center. Yes. Person centered. Yes. And then around that, we should have them asking us questions and always challenging the norm for them to live their best life. Yeah. Um, what about what are, what are your thoughts? We can talk about this forever. What are your thoughts on the NDIS though? Like the scheme and others. Like that's interesting because that's mm-hmm. actually one of my questions. It's the last question. Okay, so do we hold off then until then? Well, I mean, we can <laughs> have a tackle it at it now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No. So in your ideal NDIS world, mm-hmm. what would you like to see? What would I like to or see? Or how would you do it? Well, you know that I'm the power of positivity guy and the most optimistic. I think one thing I learned when I started doing this, uh, I guess professionally, if you like, mm-hmm. um, was that when we didn't get a result from the NDIS that we wanted, we're so very quick to look at them, throw stones and send out everything else. And because there's emotion with that and there's frustration, right. okay? Yeah. I like to think that there are a lot of countries that don't have this type of support network for those living in disability. Absolutely. I heard something randomly on a podcast in the car once where, I don't know if this is correct, exactly correct, but seven out of 10 people that can't walk are living without a wheelchair. Yeah. And I went, wow, mm. seven out of 10 mm. or something that high. We are so quick at times to throw the baby out with the bathwater mm-hmm. that I think sometimes the support coordinators, you know, because obviously we support participants. If we tell them that, oh, my God, we didn't get what we need, the whole henny penny, the sky is going to fall in, <laughs> what are they going to think is going to happen? Yes. I think part of our, I think part of our job yes. is to be able to, elite problem solve again and work it out. Mm -hmm. Um, So there are a lot of strategies, but are you asking me what I'd want to change about the NDIS? Yes. Uh, I think one of the, I think knowledge is power. Yes. Communication is key. Yes. So I think, and maybe this is part where we come from, I think we need to have more forums or discussions to hear uh, solutions of how things have worked and just not the black and white because we mm-hmm. don't live in a black and white world. No. So what I am really worried about, though, is when is this funding going to just break and we can't afford it anymore? Okay, <laughs> like, sorry. So I want to kind of, you know, I know that's a that's a, that's tomorrow's problem, but that's, that's one of the things that actually worries me a little bit with obviously, you know, it's getting harder and harder now to actually get into the to the NDIS. Mm-hmm. Um, not impossible, but certainly difficult with barriers. Right. Um, that I worry about it, Hannah. Okay, so <laughs> I no, there's been a lot of studies on this that the NDIS, because the NDIS, what they fund that money is for is is for pe- by and large is for people, mm-hmm. right? Yep. It's for supports. It's it's generally not for stuff other than like you know wheelchairs and beds and things, but yes. not that many people need those things right so it's really for people and and then when you pay people they pay tax and they spend money and actually the economy is getting two dollars fifty back for every one dollar spent in the ndis so in my humble opinion Mm -hmm. i think that the government should just throw all the fucking money (laughs) at the ndis got my vote (laughs) and just like uh, like not worry and this this pisses me off when people go oh but you know all all that money as if it's going into a black hole mm, i can no. tell you for a fact that 
funding is not going into a black hole. Mm-hmm. It is paying people's wages and we all pay tax mm-hmm. and then we all spend money and it is not like I am not buying yachts yes. and even if I bought a yacht, it would put money in the economy you know and what? it would. Well I would pay tax on that yacht. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> not yet, though, Hannah. Not yet. Okay. I can't even buy a house. <laughs> That's so okay. It's a we house for us. Yes. You know, but like it really frustrates me when people go, oh, but how are we ever going to afford it? Mm-hmm. I'm like, what do you mean? Mm. How are we going to afford it? You just, we're getting way more money back yeah. from doing it. So what? Just just keep giving it money. Yep. Like it, it blows my mind yep. when people talk about that. Yep. Just don't buy submarines. <laughs> like it can't be this hard. <laughs> yeah. And and people with disabilities need it's not as if we're 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 throwing it to nothing. No. People with disabilities genuinely need this support. Mm-hmm. And you know, like it just, it frustrates me so much. I mean, what you say about some people in the rest of the world not getting this support is absolutely correct. Mm. And that is, that is so, but in Australia, we do get to have this scheme. Hallelujah. And what I, yeah, what I say to participants if participants complain to me about the scheme i say i explain well look what we had previously was worse yeah trust me it sucked Mm -hmm. and if you were ever on any of those it was worse Mm -hmm. and now we have this national scheme that means it doesn't matter where in australia you live Mm -hmm. you get the same access or or this you know similar funding and the access is a little different because if you're rural, there's yeah, still no support workers. Yeah. Like, so I granted that. But theoretically, everyone's now got access to the same thing, whereas before we didn't. Mm-hmm. We had a haphazard thing where, it, you know, if you lived in the city, you had everything you could possibly want. And if you lived in the country, you had nothing. And if you lived in Western Australia, you got something way better than if you lived yeah. in Queensland, mm-hmm. you know, for example. So I I love the NDIS. So do don't, I. Don't... And that's the thing too that I yeah. really want to highlight. That right. Too many people out there when something doesn't go right, it's yeah. throw the baby out with the bathwater. I, I think it's brilliant and I would not want to get rid of it. What I would personally like to see is on plans the getting rid of categories. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That what it does is it confuses participants to no end. Every time the first one of the first things I do when I sit down with a participant is I get out their plan and then I draw all over it and say this category pays for these people and I write on it and I say then this category pays for these people and I shouldn't have to do that. Mm -hmm. It's too complicated and convoluted Mm -hmm. and in the end, like sometimes you do need a bit more here and a bit more there. So why why have these categories? Mm -hmm. It is so frustrating. You should be able to just turn around and go, hey, I think I might have a little bit of SLES this week. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> you know, as yeah. long as I'm in the age bracket to have slurs. Mm-hmm. And I, next week I want a little bit more of um, OT and mm-hmm. the week after that I want a bit more support workers. You know, like it just the categories as a support coordinator, I'm really lucky that I get to understand all the categories. I have to understand them mm-hmm. backwards and forwards. Mm-hmm. And this is something we have to be in the detail yep, of. The devil's in the detail, absolutely. Right. But it shouldn't have to take almost a degree to understand what is written on a plan. Absolutely. And what LACs and planners send out in their in their emails to go, this means this and this means that makes it worse. Yeah. Because they, it's their they interpretation write it as in well. this like legalese mm-hmm. that is, Good word. is just worse. Yeah. And I read these emails that some of my participants get and I go, even I'm confused for it and I know what they're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I agree <laughs> and, totally. And I'm like, this is like, what is happening here? And... So the other thing I would change is I would not have LACs or I would have some have them do something totally different mm-hmm. because what they do at the minute with the doing some planning meetings and then planners do other planning meetings yep. or reviews or whatever is confusing as fuck. Absolutely. And I think what we need is to send it all, all of it go as at the NDIA. None of it is piecemeal everywhere else. Mm-hmm. And all of them should be, have some understanding of disability. Mm-hmm. There should be no one in the NDIA that is hired that does not understand disability. And my problem <laughs> is that. That's not happening. <laughs> that's not happening. <laughs> Let's be honest. So that's the other thing I would, cha- the other bits I would change. Mm-hmm. Like L- what LACs might be useful for is as people who do hold forums in the community. Forums, and, there it is. And I are there to, for people to come, like physically come in mm-hmm. and talk to someone about what's, what's going on and they're not sure where to start. Yep. If you just had them as like someone there physically which the NDIA can never be mm-hmm. then you'd like that that would be role better. would be much better yeah it would be but more having, efficient I having guess. them do some plan reviews and planning meetings it just has never worked there's not any consistency and there's no there consistency. isn't and that's where confusion is bred from right um look great points um, I spoke to a plan manager a year or so ago about this whole thought of, you know, um, there's a bucket of money in IDL and none in core yeah. and you've got to go to a plan review and wait for three months while this person's without supports, right. which would just be so easy to flip, right? you know, and make common sense as well yes. and be more efficient. Yes. And they did that for a little while too. Yes. And then they went, oh, I don't know, we're not, not going to do that anymore. Right. Uh, even when it comes to funding for supports, I mean, I and my team certainly do a lot of work unfunded, uh, yes. <laughs> you know, and this is another thing to talk from purely and simply because, you know, um, we run out of funding and while yeah. we're waiting for more funding, we're not going to go and leave a participant no. high and dry. We're not one of those people. No. This is a lifelong journey. Right. I ain't going to abandon you in your time of need when right. it comes to money. Exactly. But it shouldn't be that hard yes. with just being able, if you're doing your job, yes. to be remunerated for it. Yes. And if there's a 
you know, they could have 50K in core they're yes. not touching. Yes. And have depleted, you know, the use with you and you can't just be paid. It's, mm. yeah, it's it's something where I agree with you that, and I think it's going to happen too. Like I'm the world's well, most optimist. Right. Okay, because I'd heard some whispers about it. have about it a few times, but then, and then they go, oh, yeah, we're going to do that at the next, like, at July, mm-hmm. and then it doesn't happen, and then they renege on it. Yeah. And I'm just like, no, no, we just need it now. Mm. No more stuffing about. Yep. We need to get rid of those categories yeah. and have more sensibles about this because Absolutely. people know what they need mm-hmm. and it is Never just 24 hours of support coordination. Yeah, but someone's making that determination with just a quick meeting of the person yes. as well. Like, yes. you know, so again, funding and with support coordination <laughs> could be a whole podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but I just want to see progress or discussion being made about it. Like mm. you said before, mm. one of the things that got me super excited when I came back uh, to sunny Queensland last month or the month before was I had the pleasure of going to the Redlands Disability Network down oh, there yes. in Redlands. Yes, they're and great. They are, they? I want them in SA. Yeah. Okay, and purely and simply because they had brought a um, customer engagement officer or someone from the NDIS that gave some lovely little chatter about things that are going on. Yeah. Some very basic Royal Commission discussion and I came out of that with my legal background just getting all excited going, oh, people are talking about this. Yeah. But I had no idea back in the southern state because um, you make uh, – I, I just think that those type of – and the Lo- Logan Disability Coalition is another one that I had mm. the pleasure of going to this week. I love getting in and talking to other people that are passionate in this space mm. about making positive change. Yeah. You know, because at the end of the day, there are those people that are living with disability in the world with zero supports. Yeah. We have to show gratitude mm. for having the system. It's flawed, okay, mm. like it's – but shit, the matrix is big, mate. So it's either you take the red or blue pill, remember? And we'll see which way rabbit hole you're going to go down. Yeah. My point is, without it, people's lives would not be as good as if we did have it. Yes. But we got to always strive like a business to yeah. be better. Yeah. To be more efficient, to be able. Because I believe with the removal of, you know, um, categories and, and just having ultimately a, a, a pool of money that's used for supports. Yeah. We'll avoid a lot of clog-ups in the system, plan reviews, boards, change of situations. Oh, like you're yes. doing one of them to basically say, can I borrow some of that money that's already sitting there that you've allocated to him but it's just in a different bucket? Right. Come on. So there should be a, a formula. I don't know, but I completely agree with you. Yeah. Um, the other thing I might change is the colours of the logo. Purple and white just don't do it for me for some reason. <laughs> I feel like a nice green, something a bit more vibey, <laughs> maybe yellow. Uh, but uh, again, from a personal perspective with my son, extremely grateful yes, for what I have been given from all of those people out there paying taxes. Thank you, including myself, okay, <laughs> because it's been life-changing. Yes. And oh, there's just no better reward that when you see small wins turn into big wins for participants. Absolutely. So, but but again, Hannah, that's what I like about you. You make amazingly good points and I just think it's important to talk about it. Yes. The Rolling Stone gathers no moss. Right. I come up with a little few cliches in my time. <laughs> but it's true though because yeah. that's what gives us the motivation to wake up in the morning. Yes. 
change. It's okay for the goalpost to change. Yes. As long as one, you're telling us about the change. Right. Okay. <laughs> and there are that, and not just putting it on the NDI's website and saying that's enough. No. I want someone to put it into a, maybe a music song for me <laughs> or something that I'm going to remember as I'm clo- a, cruising on a along. TikTok, yeah. On like a email. Yeah. Don't be a, frightened like, to you know like you know we're an ed- NDI's like registered provider. That shit around. Absolutely. <laughs> like absolutely because. This one gentleman that I met um, at one of the Redland Disability Networks, yeah. you know, from the NDIS, like he even gave me his email. Yes. Um, so there we go. I was Which like, is- boom, I'm normally <laughs> going to buy you dinner first, but, you know, happy with that. <laughs> My point is, is that it was great to get, I don't know, just to realise that it's not black and white. Yeah. We do live in the grey area, mm-hmm. but we have parameters that we can work in. Yes. But let's do it collaboratively. Collaboratively, I can't even say the word <laughs> in the morning. Um, but he was just a great resource. Yes. Um, that after it, we kind of hugged it out in happiness, in the sense being of just some of the info he gave me yes. enabled me to go and talk to my team, yes. change a few things, and get yes. some immediate results. Yeah. But I just think sometimes we're very quick to throw stones at the NDIS when things come back that aren't the way we want them to be. Mm-hmm. I think our job is to have the power of positivity and go, well, we come at it another way. Mm. And we are also one too that when we look at funding levels and stuff now, when it's been given for, a, you know, a year, yes. that doesn't mean that we can't in th- 90 days out go for an early plan review so it's only nine months. Yes. My point is is there's always other ways that you can live today and solve the problem tomorrow, you know, yes. like with stuff. Yes. Um, but this is all just working within the means that we have yeah, and the Informa- knowledge that we have to do it. Yes. So again, don't profess to know everything. No. But I want people to tell us where we can go to find it. Yes. Because where do you normally go when you want to just find out some new information? Are you a NDIS web chat kind of gal, or have you got someone on the inside there, um, or no, a bit of both? Uh, I try to avoid asking the NDIS mm-hmm. at all costs. You don't give Bill a call and just say, hey, Bill, why are you there? Just want to know if this is reasonable and necessary as low-cost AT. <laughs> um, so um, what, what is I your had, recommendation? If I had Bill's number, yeah, that would be <laughs> far, far out. He'd never get me off the phone. Um, say, please, say please and thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, usually I I will call colleagues like yeah. your good self. Yeah. And then I will sometimes have a quick squeeze at the OG, yep. <laughs> Operational Guidelines, yeah, yep. which constantly cracks me up that it's called OG. Yep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I used to get called OG by my kids, mate. I get that. <laughs> For other reasons. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, and, and then... And then at the end of the day, I just, um, I don't know, pray to the NDIS gods and send information that I've got in and hope that it works. Um, I I guess the other thing is I read, like uh, I've got a subscription to the DSC Mm -hmm. newsletter. So I'm always reading whatever articles they're willing to write. Yeah. I will read it. (laughs) Um, Which... Which are generally, you know, very good. Yep. And um, and I'm subscribed to the NDIS provider newsletter. Mm-hmm. So I generally peruse that. Like, to be fair, like, often they repeat themselves. Yeah. And so there's often... And I call it the rehearsed answer. 
yeah. times they give you the black and white answer and I'm not looking for that. No. So you make some good points there, which I concur with my learned friend, and they are as follows. You normally ring a colleague first yes. and that's what we all do. Yeah. Like so often when I hear some of my team members rightly say, oh, look, I'm just going to go and ask the planner, I don't start there. <laughs> Like, no, because and- um, we're going to have a difference of interpretation more often than not yeah. about what's reasonable and necessary. I am asking the matrix yeah. for the rehearsed answer of what is reasonable and necessary. <laughs> it, nine times out of ten, you don't get the answer that you want. No. So I love having colleagues, a la the League of Nations, yeah. where I can call people because I don't have to agree with them. No. But what I'm really just trying to work out is what was the strategy you used to justify what's reasonable and necessary and hang your hat on? Yes. Because um, and I found that we, I've had far more successes in that space. Yeah. Um, I'm also one too that um, I like all of these social media forums. Like I'm, I don't mind uh, yes. a few of those. Yes. I've accepted a few, you know, where. A, a question into the Facebook yeah, group and go, like, hey, has yeah. anyone ever, yeah. you know, come across this scenario? Mm-hmm. What do you reckon? Yep. And then my only issue with that is you sometimes get some pretty nonsense Yeah, absolutely. And, and conflicting answers. Of course. Like you'll have ten yeses and ten no's mm-hmm. and you just go, okay, well, go it's equally yeah. weighted. Yeah. Uh, yep. What? Yeah. Yeah, that's but, my only yep. issue with those. But you and I both started, I guess, in the same place. We generally ring someone in the industry Yeah. that may have experienced it that. So... Mm. When you came back, just digressing slightly, when you told me, you know, what would I like to make change with the NDIS? Yes. I want to just be able to communicate more yes. and better yes. and learn from that. We're doing it with AI when we ask questions on web chats. Yeah. Like, so, you know, there, um, but that brings me back to as well that I think slowly, particularly SSCs, we're almost turning into paralegals yeah. of us being able to you know, be on that side of the bench where we're actually advocating for the participant that this is what we want and why we see that. Yeah. But again, I'm very grateful that we have a starting point and that is that we can ask someone for supports to help someone change their life. Mm-hmm. People helping people, um, you know, but it's flawed. So we've got to work, we've got to roll with the punches. Yeah. You know, but again, the, the gratitude that I have seeing people's lives get better. Yes. Um, in the day, yes. today. Yes. Is the best dopamine fix I think you can get, man, is people being happy. Yeah. Um, Because it doesn't always, you know, we're naive to think that it's always a success story. Right. However, um, when there's life, there's hope is what I like to say. Yes. So if we wake up tomorrow and we got supports in hand, we live to fight another day. Right. So, but it's that thing too where I want to try and help as many people with my two hands and that includes giving them the tools to be able to do it yeah. and part of that or critical to that is knowledge about what happens with the NDIS. Yes. Um, yeah. Good yeah. points as always. I like the way you think, Hannah. <laughs> Tells me you've thought about it and it keeps you up at night like oh. as it does with me. But, um, I've never had a job that has kept me up at night <laughs> like this one does. Well, let's talk about that a little bit. Like uh, support coordinator wellness. It's a big space of mine. How's your sleeping going? How's your eating and your um, vitamin D intake going? Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, the vitamin D intake is mm, mm-hmm. yep, very, so, yep. very, very, very And you're in minimal. the sunny state, yo. You yeah. can get it for free outside. <laughs> um, I know we laugh and joke about it, but quite often in supervisions that I'm privileged yeah. to do with my team, yeah, 
I ask about them first. Yeah. It's so That's important to me. When I do supervision, oh, the, the number one question is asking about how they are first. Yes. That's the way we start. Because um, we are so important to empowering people's lives. Yeah. Um, and we want the best for them. That's why we're in the role. Yeah. And that's what keeps us up at night. Um, so <laughs> wellness of the, the support coordinator is pivotal because they're providing wellness for the person that's in the centre of the support. Yes. So, yeah, like, again, I don't profess to know it all. Yes. I just like to have the conversation where you can tell me that I went to bed at 11.30 last night and had to order Macca's as comfort food because I just couldn't think how to get that funding level. You know, it, yeah. it's okay, but I think that's the, another... The bucket of chocolate ice cream. Oh, you like that. Yeah. <laughs> I get that. i just got to have fresher go-to produce, I think, there, Hannah. Like I'm yeah. a, a bit impartial to the sour cream and chives chips. Yeah. Um, mm. But look, we don't want to... We just want to balance it. We don't yeah. want to take away people caring. Right. But I think... Um, and I've had to try and learn this myself, ever evolving, mm. is that I need to know that you're living your bestest life. Yeah. And what that looks like. Yeah. You know, so because we're going to have our good days and bad. Yeah. But I don't want to lose people to the industry like they did in COVID with nurses. The tra- the stresses they put on people, they just wanted to run away from the job. Oh, yes. And I get it. Yeah. And it was it was terrible for mm. the entire breakdown of the industry. Mm. But we got to learn from that. We got to learn like your your, you know, your wellness is the most important thing first and foremost. So we got to look at that every every month. Yeah. We got to yeah. talk about it. Yeah. You can tell yeah. me that you haven't slept. Yeah. I guess one of, you know, because I'm 47, I think <laughs> I grew up in an era where men didn't tell if well, I don't know if it was just men, but no one told you kept yeah. the pressures of life and the stresses internally. Right. You're not a real man if you show that you know you're not coping in others. Yeah. I'm so pleased to say that in my current role and who I work for, it's okay to cry. Yes, you know? Absolutely. You know, and it's take a moment, take a pause for the cause. Yeah. Um, because if those emotions are there and feeling Yeah, it's pause. one of my little colleagues sayings, <laughs> I love it. But it's true though, like yeah. because um <laughs> you learn um by those feelings. Yeah. Um and also it demonstrates that you're human. Yes. I feel like I've just had one of those what do you call them? Deja vu's. Okay. Yeah. That's a bizarre thing. Um but all of it just comes down to being able to just talk about it with yeah. somebody. Yeah, Find exactly. that person you yeah. can say, I'm not having a good time or, you know, because um, the world's a better place with you in it and supporting those people, that whole spit bucket analogy I use again. Yes. <laughs> As in, you know, I know someone's life's going to be better if you're in it, but yeah. I need to know your life is the best it can be. And I, I find historically, and that's why I'm, I'm so grateful with the staff retention, I guess, that we have at here to home is that we allow them to choose their caseload. Yeah. <laughs> so, Amazing. Oh, well, game changing Amazing. we call that, Hannah. Because <laughs> there was a time I had 55 clients, was a yes. team manager and trying to support 300 people and that wasn't my bestest life, Hannah. Okay? No, no, no. And no. I'm not in that situation anymore because I couldn't find a way out. No. Some people thought that was the norm. Yeah. That is not the norm. That is that no is way, you are not helping Anyone. I look at it as how do you juggle 55 balls, yo? Right. And do it to the best of your ability. Yes. So, but very grateful that I experienced that because I learned from that. Yeah. And I learned I can't give the, if I'm not in my best version of myself, how can I help 
all those being the best version. So I love where I work now. And look, being able to work from home too or remotely has been a game changer, yes. particularly in South Australia too, yeah. by way of we talk about funding levels and, you know, if we can do our jobs more efficiently. Yes. Um, I mean, we always offer, I'm a bit old school, but I still like coming and being across the table from you, Hannah, and yes. getting a hug at the front door, you know, absolutely. Yeah. But it's not always needed. Yes. And you, beca- you can become more efficient, um, especially when you're dealing with the hourly prices now of an OT or others. Like yeah. we're trying to avoid them having to get out. Near it. So um, there's an efficiency I see there. Yeah. Um, and it's been life-changing for me as well because I can still slap on a load of laundry while I'm uh, saving the world as well at the same time. <laughs> um, but, again, that just helps me be the best version of myself. Yeah. Um, and because we all have stress, we all have a threshold. Yeah. We all have anxiety. Yes. It's called being human. Yeah. But I think sometimes we just, I've found it personally mm. where I have a little bestie that I call, mm. um, if she's listening, Danielle out there, where I can just vent to her about everything and she understands it and then let, tells me to go off and sleep and have something nice to eat for dinner. <laughs> and then I come back refreshed in the trenches the next day. Yeah. And giving the best version of myself. Um, because I don't want to. I love this job. I yeah. love this industry. Yeah. We are people helping people. Yeah. There is no greater reward. No. I love the life of servitude. Like I do. <laughs> I, I mean it. Like yeah. it is uh, a satisfaction that you can't, I don't think people I think drink or do drugs to have that feeling. Yeah. But there's nothing better than a smile from ear to ear. Yeah. When you're taking someone, I don't know, go and watch the Mighty Crows have a win in a showdown. <laughs> and you know, have to plug that in. And just, yeah. you know, having the best version of themselves. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, but I like the opportunity to be able to just talk about ways to make it better. Yeah. 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 Awesome. We do have to start to wind up because yep. we've got to get to our next. We've got an action-packed day. Yes, we do. And I appreciate that. Um, so I was just going to finish off with, do you have any plugs? Anything any you want to plug? Well, I'm on a journey of people helping people and I have some amazing people that feel exactly the same way. Yeah. So um, here to home, obviously, of whom I work for. Um, we're very lucky that I have some, obviously, SSCs and SCs up here now, up in Brisbane that are extremely good and passionate about what they do. So if they need a hand... Um, by all means, heretohome.com.au. Yeah. And I will find awesome. you the person that you need to help you. Um, and that's the other thing too. Total choice and control of who you want to choose as your support coordinator rather yeah. than just being told it's James or Hannah. Yeah. So we can, you know, we obviously like to give profiles. We want to make a good match. Yeah. We're in the business of maintain, building and maintaining relationships. Yeah. So if you think we can help, yeah. funding or other, Love to hear from you. Yeah. Thanks for your time, Hannah. I love it. Awesome. Thank you for listening. Please share with people you know. Until next time, as the Green Brothers say, don't forget to be awesome.